Uh, hello to the latest edition of View from the Loch. Uh, and I'm absolutely delighted that our guest uh, this week uh, is Gareth Lord, who is Henry Stenson, known as the Iceman's caddy <laughs> for many, many years. And I, I think we're going to enjoy this podcast. All of them being terrific, but uh, Gareth, uh, known affectionately as Lordy, um, you are very, very welcome to Loch Lomond Golf Club. We're sitting in Loch Lomond Golf Club doing this podcast. Uh, having just shot three over par, disappointing. But And what are you playing off, Lordy? I'm scratch, but I don't get to play as much as I used to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm lucky we're on a Slammers Golf Society from Monaco. Uh, Simon Fawcett is a member here, so we're lucky enough to come out. Yes. Uh, we kept lucky enough to come last year as well. As a package, this takes some beating, I believe. It's it's stunning, and we've been so lucky. Last year we had the perfect weather. This year the same again. Yeah. Uh, we've played here yesterday and today. We've, we're playing Turnbury tomorrow and Troon on Thursday. Um, well, you're very kind. We're very proud of Loch Lomond, but I've got great staff. I just walk about and talk to people, but they're the ones that do the hard yards. But, you know, Lordy, you were a promising golfer. You played for, you represented Warwickshire and England boys as well. So did you have designs in the game to go as far as the Iceman has? Uh, illusions would be the <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I was very lucky my grandfather gave me every opportunity right child i went to university of tennessee at chattanooga right from 18 wow. to 22 okay got a scholarship to there uh learn how to gamble on american football <laughs> wasn't very good at that either uh but yeah i had every opportunity to if i was good enough i'd have made it right and then at about 23 24 i knew i wasn't good enough which and was, what, what was the switch? What switch? I went to the Australian Tour School. Okay. Uh, I was working in Germany as a teaching pro. Right. Saved up all summer to go to Australia. Went down there, played nine holes, was three over after nine, first round. And I went, no, nah, no more. And it was actually like the weight of the world went off my shoulders. Was, it was fair enough. Yeah. And so I caddied know. once or twice at the time. Right. So I'd seen how good they were. Mm -hmm. It was for Steve Webster. And I was like, I'm not good enough. It's just a fact, which right. is fine. Well, did you have any notable scalps, you know, along the way, amateur-wise, or was there anybody you played against that the went way, further than what you thought they were going to? Or? When I was growing up, especially in England, yeah. there was a guy called Michael Welch mm -hmm. who was winning everything. Yeah. Lee West would, would generally come second. Yeah. One of those two would win. Michael would generally, West would be second, and there was probably eight of us trying to come third. Right. I was in the eight. Yeah. We were half decent. Yeah. Um, from there, Westwood, obviously, yeah. the pick of the bunch. Yeah. One of my majestic teammates on yeah. the live. Um, yeah. He was always phenomenal, but he just kept getting better. Mm. You know? And you don't know, some people don't like the traveling aspect of the tour. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, it's different getting in a car and going in the UK for three days and jumping sure. on a plane for a month. Yeah. Some guys don't like it. Yeah. Um, I've gone into the caddying, obviously, and it's I, it's my life. And we generally go to the same places. So I've just come back from Singapore. Uh, got here at ten thirty yesterday. That's right, straight from Singapore. Great friend of mine called Christian Johnson works for Standard Chartered. Met him fifteen years ago in Hong Kong. Right. We went out twice for dinner. He told me where to go. With my wife was with me. You know people around the world. And it, it, 
it's not like going away, but it is obviously. Yeah. And you just, you learn to, well, I do this this week. Yeah. You've messed it up probably in the past. Yeah. You stay here, we go to this restaurant. So your network is, yeah, you, grows and. Yeah. And people are interested, not so much in what I do, but people love golf. Yeah. My life's golf. Yeah. We're sitting here a lot at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but Lordy, how do you filter it? Because, you know, um, Loch Lomond's private and, and people ask if they can come on and it's unfortunate, you know, but you get asked a lot. Mm. So how do you, so that's easy enough, I guess, filtering for me, yeah. but how do you filter with all the interest? Uh, I'm not going to say hangers on because everybody has no, an no, important no. part to play, mm. uh, but, you know, is it, is it difficult to filter or do you just sort of keep moving and then certain people stick? Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Right. Um, and invariably, they're only interested in me to get to the players. If you, yeah, if you're yeah, pissed. yeah. We're not. We're not. No, we're no. only interested in you, Lord. No, no, you and you could spot that. Uh-huh. You know, um, and we we would be a defence mechanism, I would say. Yeah. But then the likes of Christian in Singapore, mm-hmm. we all went and had a nice drink Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Henry was at the water because Henry doesn't drink, but yeah, yeah. we were having some nice wine and a good old chat. I mean, Christian walked with us in 2008 when I was caddying for Carlson, and it was Carlson and Stenson, and they won the World Cup in Mission Hills. Right. So we go back a few years. Yeah, yeah. And he'd come to watch and stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that sort of connection. Yeah, no, it's you know. different. It's, and, and, you know, we'll talk about Liv, uh, well, we can talk about it yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, has that, you know, talking to Craig Connolly and Lee that mm-hmm. were on, you know, the, the we didn't really get into the frustrations maybe that there are kind of surrounding outside Liv, but, you know, they talked about the advantages of playing, you know, you're guaranteed, your 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 lineup, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're playing 12 events, you get time for the family, uh, you know, people get, well looked after, you know, obviously, of course, the money aspect is, is hugely important uh, as well. Why wouldn't it be? Um, so for you, from the inside, how does it feel? It's, we first heard about this the back end of 2013. Right. Myself and Henrik. Right. Henrik had won the FedEx car. Yeah. Race Dubai, da, 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 top two, I think second in the world. And Pete Cowan had broach the subject with us and they're like what is it we don't know and it evolved it wasn't exactly as pete said at the time it was it was called something different like kind of the same thing yeah and back then we were like when does it start (laughs) (laughs) i mean like people can say it is what it is the way i look at it the saudis have gone into formula one no problem yeah they're held as the ladies' golf. Yeah. It's a fantastic thing. Yeah. I don't see too much complaining about Newcastle Football Club. No. Men's golf, they seem to get a hard time. Why, I don't know. It's a game. Of, it's another game of golf. I understand there are things. that, I, Of course, you know, everyone does. They're trying to do something that is different. I mean, we've just come back from Australia and Singapore. Mm-hmm. The Australian tournament, I mean, I've been caddying 26 years. The Australian tournament was one of the best tournaments I've ever catted in. No question. And we didn't do any good, so I'm not biased. Yeah. But we yeah. came 11th. It's not bad. Well, yeah. But it wasn't like we weren't and you have yeah. different memories and stuff. It was a phenomenal tournament. The crowds were big, weren't they? Yeah, fantastic. I think it was 25, 20, 25,000 a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's a shotgun start and there was a yeah. party hole. And yeah. 
We were actually on the eleventh fairway, and the party hole was a twelfth, and the hole in one happened. I'm like, what on earth? No. On here? <laughs> but it's it's a different style of golf. It's more of a sprint. Yeah. I mean, if you equate it to, I'm a great lover of cricket. Okay. Personally, Test match cricket. Mm-hmm. But there's a place for 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, the IPL when it started was like, rubbish. What's this? It's thriving. And ultimately, I see the live. It's another game of golf. Those that are lucky enough to be in professional golf, we're all gaining, and I think that's clear. Yes. Um, PJ Tour have adopted their new schedule for next year and their new semi-new schedule for this year. It's great. Mm-hmm. We're all winning. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the future behold. Because I think it, ultimately it will all come together and calm down. Well, that's the feeling. Mm-hmm. Definitely the feeling in the game. Uh, Jeffrey Boycott, we're talking about cricket, uh, was on the phone and uh, I've known Jeffrey quite a while, and, and he's a really good lad. And he's agreed to come on uh, and do a podcast. And he's at my fourth for dinner. I'd love to have a dinner with him. Well, I've well, never met the man, but well, I'll tell you, Lordy, that's that's a given uh, <laughs> because he's he's moved to Lancashire, which maybe I shouldn't say. But you could take a lot of lot of abuse for that. But anyway, uh, be cheaper. yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> he would admit that. No, uh, so. Um, um, anyway, he was talking about, we're talking about Liv and we're talking about the IPL. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he was absolutely direct, and I'll ask him when he comes on again to repeat mm-hmm. what he said. And he said, look, people, you know, came down hard on players, cricket players playing in the IPL. He said, you, what you have to remember, Bill, is that you get a shelf life as a sports person. And he said, you know, and he, he was in a different era. And I came to the end of his particular era. And he says, people aren't offering you cars no. or aren't issuing too many invites or aren't offering you a job. And all of a sudden, you're the top of your game. And the next thing, it's almost like desolation. He said, it wasn't quite like that for him because he got journalism, whatever. But he said, so when IPL came along, his view was, why wouldn't you take it? Why wouldn't you? go and where the riches are and where the money is because that's the reward you're getting for being the top of your game. And he was absolutely unequivocally down the line with that. Yeah, it, I, I couldn't disagree. It's, you know, the guys that are on live, yes, there's some senior players, but if you actually went to a live tournament, you'll find there's a ton of people go and watch them because people still like to watch them play. Yeah. There's an interest. Yeah. They can still play the game as well. No mm-hmm. question about that. Yeah. And then they've also got some youngsters straight out of college that were world amateur number ones, and they're good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it, yeah, the, you would say probably the live is quite top-heavy. Yeah. I mean, there's super, like your Dustin Johnsons, your Cam Smith, your Shambos, Brooks, mm-hmm. Mickelson. Yeah. Henrik Westwood. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, we're a class. They can still play. Well, as the Masters prove. Yeah. And, you know, we played earlier in the Middle East. Henry was coming out of winter. We came 20th and 8th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Good fields. Yeah. You know, the best European yeah. tour fields I'll have until we come back to the main summer. There is a place for them. The livers come along. They've taken an opportunity. Some people don't like it. That's fine. But they're not the only people in history to take a more highly paid job. No. And ultimately, it comes down to that. Yeah, yeah. I And, and again, Jeffrey was alluding to certain tours that were put on that were controversial, but the money was good, you know, and he sort of gravitated maybe mm. towards that as well. So you're right, it's not the only sport that's sort of come down that line. Um, I think that um, 
that and there is a certain agreement that it is all going to come together. It feels as if it's it's rattled. It's closer than it was. Let's say that. Yeah, I think so. It's I mean, still the divide, but it's closer. Yeah, maybe it's the personalities more. You know, at the top, that, that and whatever happens there, what happens. So ultimately, it could be seen as a. I suppose it'll be defined in history, uh, Lordy, as you know, was it a catalyst that pulled the world tour together? Um, you know, or was it a catalyst for, for ultimate good? So I guess history will, will see, uh, but it certainly has shaken the, yes. the gulf, and maybe that's not a bad thing. No, I mean, and you know, Henry was in the, so if we start from 13, Henry was in the top 10 in the world, I think, for five straight years. Yeah. We played an elevated schedule. You didn't get the FedEx points that were elevated. You didn't get elevated money, but the not everyone, but the the big players would play the hardest courses around the majors because they're really interested in trying to win the majors. Now this is highlighted. It's double money. I think you get 50% more FedEx points. It was always that way, but it was never with money and points. Mm-hmm. It, right. it, you know, your Bay Hill, your players... I think it was 500 FedEx points for regular events, 550 for the big ones. Mm-hmm. It's unrealistic. Yeah. You know, you went and played, well, I won't say, a, a, a normal event. There was very few players from the top 50 there. Mm-hmm. Now they're all going to go to the same stuff, but they kind of always did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A few exceptions, but they, they played a very similar schedule, especially Europeans. Yeah. Because we'd always want to come back for the summer. Yes, of course. It, it, it's the same thing. It's just a bit different. Yeah, change. Uh, you know, people people don't like it, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah. you're you're enjoying it, and you you like the buzz. And of course, as we said, the crowds were very impressive. And I think a lot of people are very interested in the Masters because you know there were people who were saying, well, if live golfers are not playing as much, they're not going to, uh, you know, bother the top ten. Goodness, you know, Phil. That's you know, unfair. I think so too. I mean, Phil Mickelson is one of the best players to ever play the game. Yes, correct. He hasn't forgotten how to do it overnight. No. And especially Augusta. Yeah. You'd say him and Tiger, if Tiger was fit, of any major, that's probably the one they can get round because the more knowledge you have, the better. Yeah, yeah. You turn up and every time you go, you're adding to your knowledge, but you're adding to this, this does this, this does this. Tiger's obviously, unfortunately... Quite injured, Phil isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, now he hadn't played fantastically going into it, but he was positive. Like I've seen him at the live, and he's like, "It's coming. I can feel it." Okay, bang. You know, you mentioned Tiger. Now there's a story written um, about Tiger Woods and yourself, uh, and it'd be really good to clarify it. Okay. Uh, and you've been credited as one of the first people to hear the clicking in his knee. Uh, as, true story, yeah. It is true, yeah, wow. True and and so tell us about that, Laurie. It was the US Open of 2008, Torrey Pines. We played with him on the Saturday uh, when I was coming for Robert Carlson. I think we were second last match, so right in the thick of it. Obviously, well, he ended up winning, so you're going to be close enough. Yeah. And every time he tried to hit what I think was a draw, he couldn't do it. The knee wouldn't handle it, he'd snap hook it. So we scrapped that idea and just tied him huge fades. He was chipping in, he was holding 60 footers. It was ridiculous. But on, it was on the 18th. He's got us set up and he's like, that's not right. And he just gave it up. 
wiggle, and I heard this knee go, <coughs> he's like, hmm, perfect. And just hit a big cut down the middle. So he's like, okay. And one of the report, Robert did an interview afterwards and said, yeah, we, no, we heard it wasn't just me. Um, oh, how bad is his knee? Well, he won in a playoff on the Monday against Rocco Media, I believe it was. Okay, okay. And had surgery. We didn't see him for nine months. He came back in Doral. I think it was March. We actually played in the first two days. It was in, the, the man won the US Open one leg. Yeah. He was that good. I mean, ultimately, back in the day, he hit it further than everyone. Yeah. His irons were better. He certainly chipped better. He was the best putter we'd ever seen. It was so unfair. Just, yeah. <laughs> he wanted the Terminator, practically. You know. And, and did, he, did he engender that? I know the respect for sure, of course. Uh, and I've seen it myself. I've seen it when you have a, a high-level player um, practicing and going around. I've seen players stop and watch. Um, you know, uh, I've seen it with Rory and I've seen it with Tiger uh, as well. And they, they have that sort of, um, I guess, interest. Um, you know, when you're out there, Lordy, you know, caddying, how, what, how does it feel in terms of atmosphere at certain events, maybe the majors, in terms of um, are, are there good players that your man can be paired with? So do you think, yeah, Henrik's got X, that's a good fit, um, and, you know, they're going to chat and he's going to be relaxed? Or, you know, does that is that a thing? Yeah, I wouldn't say so much for Henrik. He couldn't care less. Right. He wouldn't. So the Iceman fits him. Yeah, it's a fair, it's a decent name, yeah. The eyes don't. Well, the eyes are icy, but they might kill you at times. Uh, <laughs> well, me, not everyone else. Um, you know... It, if you're in the thick of it in a major, which we've been lucky enough to be in a few, mm-hmm. um, they just get on with it. You know, the weekend in a major, you might say, oh, how's your kids? They don't. It's throwaway comments. But then, yeah, they're great. Cool. Um, ultimately, they're trying to kill each other and win a major. Yeah. It, that's business time. Mm-hmm. Normal tournaments is a bit different. But when it comes to actually winning... They want to win. It's what they do. You know, and they're so driven. They work so hard. All because you don't win, you come third. It's not failure. But they would have a long look at why. Um, they're, they're built differently. Craig said, Connolly said, you have to adapt to your player. Mm. Uh, is, that, is that, do you yeah, find I do that? A di- I do a different job for... Henrik than I did for Robert Carlson. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah. But the way I would deliver my information to either or is different. You don't tell Henrik what to do. Robert, I would just, yeah, it's a down grip, 7-9. It'll land there, do that. Okay, thank you. No, you better be right. But with yeah. Henrik, I would go through the distances and it's playing that and we want to land it there. And he's like, okay, so that's playing how far? And he tell me and I go, I agree with you or not but you're within a few yards. The club then picks itself, generally. Or you've got one or two options. And the camaraderie, Lordy, off the course with the other caddies, uh, is it a riotous affair, or has it become more professional? <laughs> uh, it's not as riotous as it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Sunday afternoon, we were finished by 2.30. Yeah. Yeah, we had a deep, we had a couple of bottles of wine, 
good few of the cabs, few of the players, and then we all got on a plane by midnight and flew wherever we were going home. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not like it used to be. No, well, and certainly during the week. Yeah, it's changed. I mean, yeah. you, and especially in Singapore, you can't have a drink in caddy. It's impossible. Right. Um, but the camaraderie, yes, is there. I mean, we've got like little WhatsApp groups where, unfortunately, one of the guys, Lance Tambrook, died yesterday. Oh. Legendary caddy. Right. Uh, he once went out, he was coming for Parnavik, and he played on tour himself. Yes. He's called Last Call Lance, God rest him. Caddy for Parnavik in the morning, and they were short on the field, and he'd still got a, some sort of category. And I think Parnavik shot 72 in the morning. Lance had caddy for him. Lance went out in the afternoon and shot 71. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Lance knew where the bars were, and it was a great man. Yeah, those things don't really happen too much anymore. Yeah, and they were, but it's yeah, it's it's fantastic fun. I mean, if there's anybody young thinking of going into caddying. So, I, what I qualities? Like, what qualities do you think are required, Lordy? Decent psychologist, and re- read people pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, Craig Kelly to Martin Keimer. Two yeah. of my great friends on tour. Yeah. Craig's a good caddy. Martin's a good player. Doesn't mean to say I, if Craig had a week off, I could just fill in and go, hey, Martin, it might not work. Nobody's saying he can't play. I'd like to think I can half caddy. Maybe it doesn't work. For a week, you'd be fine. But for longevity, you, you find that people, like myself and Henrik, we did six years. We had two and a bit years off. We never fell out. It was just time for try something else. And what did you do? I kind of just in Rose. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, which I'd carried for him. I had six of his first 20 missed cuts back in the day. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, we haven't got much form going in. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not really picking the bag up, but he was world number one, which helped. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Was, yeah. Yeah. He'd come on a bit. And that, yeah, it was, I'd known Justin since he was 14. Yeah. Yeah. And Henrik and him were a great pair in the Ryder Cup. So it's kind of a natural fit. And his caddy. Was having heart trouble, so I was just filling in to start with. Yeah, and it developed into something more. Well, I mean, with Henrik, um, the double double race to Dubai in the DP World Tour, two thousand and thirteen, Henrik pocketed twenty million dollars, which was pretty cool. Uh, you said he hardly missed a shot for six months. Yeah, the, the from I would say from June to December, it was ridiculous. I think he hit seventy greens at the Dubai World Championship. And one of those, he was plugged in the face of a fairway trap that he missed, so he couldn't go for the green. So technically, he missed one green. Oh, Christ. He actually didn't putt very well, he won by six. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's... But the, the, the local uh, paper to you in the Midlands, you're a Coventry lad. Yeah, yeah. Telegraph. Yeah, I have to say, you're wearing a Majestic's uh, golf shirt. I am. Uh, you know, Proud but, team member. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, are, are, you Co- are you a Coventry City fan? I am. Oh, you've got the right colours. you got the right colours. <laughs> I was just going to say you got the right colours. And to be fair, Coventry have sort of... Mark Robbins has done a pretty good job there. Phenomenal job. I mean, touch wood, we should be in the playoffs in a week's time. Yeah, that's incredible. Which we'd have... At the start of the season, I think we'd have taken mid-table. I think that's fair enough. Surviving the championship and it's been brilliant. Um because it wasn't a great start from memory. No, I think we had a poorish start, then had a run, poorish run, and then we've come on strong at the end. Right. And we've got a decent goal difference, which if we don't win, could be handy for the playoffs. Um, 
how we do in the Premiership might be interesting. But well, you've, got, you've got a great striker. I think he'll do well. I think he'll be in the Premiership whether we're there or not. Yeah, and he's Swedish. Yeah, he's a he's a good player. He's a good player. Okay. Well, it's good lad. So you're a local lad. You follow Coventry, yeah. Sky Blues, Sky Blue Majestics, top on. However, the local newspaper it's uh, mm. uh, it was quoted as you know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was quoted as saying that uh, on the basis of Henrik's fantastic success, uh, our local man Gareth Lord went out and bought a Ferrari. True. <laughs> True. Did you race in Poulter and his? <laughs> no, I, I, I. It was something I'd always wanted, couldn't afford. Um, and a friend of mine down in Monaco was selling his. Right. I wasn't actively looking for one. And we went out with a lunch one day and he said, I've had a bit of luck that year. He says, what are you going to do? I said, well, I quite fancy a Ferrari, but I don't, I don't know if I'll get one. I, my mum was like, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, of course. And he said, well, I'm selling mine. I went, oh, are you? <laughs> Gave me the keys, lent it me for two days. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. That was fatal. But yes, it's true. Okay. And, and hold, held on to it for how long? I had it for a year. Yeah. And yeah. that was, I miss it, but I don't think I'll ever get another one. It was cool. They're yeah. fantastic. You know, luxury cars are, uh, the thing is, they're great to have. Um, it wasn't uh, an everyday car. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't know I've never had a Ferrari, but uh, I went sort of similar down the line. Um, I've always wanted the Maserati and I got an opportunity and, and until you ding it. <laughs> and then it's... Uh, I reversed mine into my own wall. <sighs> and I rang it in Pulse. I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? And yeah. luckily it was actually in Coventry. I've driven it back for the summer. Yeah. And the repair place was just on the edge of Coventry. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that's where you get if you ding one. That's where you get it done, and they were fantastic. Right. Um, but expensive toy. Oh, the cra- I'll never forget the noise as it hit well, the wall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. It's just awful. Oh god. <laughs> but it's not only so that so that well, it's true. These stories are true, and I think this is a great one, Lordy, as well. So you had a bet with Henrik that you'd give up smoking if he won, of course, a major. So, uh, and then he went, and of course, Troon, uh, 2016, which what a tournament that was. So, well, come on, smoking first, and then what did it feel like? Troon 2016, that shootout, it was incredible. So we're on the 7th. It posted sometimes the 8th, and it was yeah, the yeah. 7th. And he hit the green, I lit up a cigarette, and we'd had this bet for years. He said, I win a major, we win a major. He yeah. won it, really. <laughs> You've already got smoking. I'm like, not a problem. I'd be delighted to, because I get into that point in my life where, yeah. Anyway, he had a lovely shot into the seventh, but I did it. And I'd let up a cigarette, and he said, Enjoy that one. I went, What do you mean? He says, You've got about two and a half hours before you've given up. I was like, Oh. So he, he obviously fancied his chances. He was in the zone. Really fancied his chances. Um, and then. The pair of them were fantastic. Oh, I mean, what were they, 10 clear a third or whatever it was? It was, I always said to Henry when we were 40th on a Sunday and God knows where in America, I'm like, come on, this might be the shot we need to win your major. Because you're not going to float around on a cloud and it's going to go all perfectly. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, I lied. He did actually, didn't miss a shot. And, but did float around on a cloud and the golf was unbelievable. But I remember thinking when we got to about the 12th, this deserves to be won. Obviously, I wanted Henrik to win. But I didn't want Phil to lose it. Mm-hmm. 
it deserved, they, they, they were so good at that point. It deserved where somebody keep making birdies. Somebody win it. You know, you know sometimes somebody will hit one on a bush, you make six. It's done. And Henry, well, I think he had 10 birdies on the day. No, it's phenomenal. The way he yeah, held the so. one across the green on the 15th, I thought to myself, well, if we don't win now, there's problems. Because <laughs> you don't hold 60-foot putts yeah, yeah. on the 15th of May, last round of a major, 68th hole, whatever it is. You need to win now. Um, and he did. You know, it, it was... It's actually funny because we're going back to Troon. Uh, we play Turnbury tomorrow, Troon yeah. on Thursday, and yeah. I haven't been back since. Oh, really? So it'll be quite cool for me to go. And Henry was there last summer. Right. He was sending me a few pictures. He goes, look where I am. Yeah. He did something for the RNA. I'm like, cool. So when we did this trick, I'm like, oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, remember every shot as we go around there. Your brain oh, started. Oh, I mean, that, yeah. do you have a photographic memory, Lord? Is that something, or can you recall? Semi. Like, when yeah. I stand on a tee... I might you say because they're the 12th in Singapore and whatever. I get on the tip, like, oh yeah, we do this. Um, but especially there, it'll be. I actually hadn't watched the Open properly. And then when COVID appeared and Sky Sports did, they were rerunning yeah. test matches, yeah. Open Championships, whatever you want, but as live, because you would never see it as a caddy. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, I think it was actually the wee man text me, says, you but do nothing for the weekend. I'm like, why is the Open's on from True? Well, I sat there from Thursday morning at 7am <laughs> as if it was live and watched the lot. And I'd forgotten how well they played. Yeah. And I always have to say that because the pair were phenomenal. Oh. Um, but to watch it live, and I was like, wow. Do you read a lot of putts for Hendrick? Thankfully, no. Uh, yeah, because I know that some do, some don't. I get the impossible ones, because if you ask me, they're unreadable. <laughs> uh, and I, to be fair, bent grass green, so the likes of a, a British Open, yeah. I'd be okay, decent enough. The Bermuda greens, he knows not to ask. I'm hopeless. Okay. I'm hopeless about that. Grain and that doesn't work for me. It's interesting, you know, and, and uh, I've told a few Tom Weisskopf stories, because obviously Tom... Uh, People know, of course, designer here, and he would come every year. We have dinner, and we would talk uh, golf, and he would be he would open up, which was which was great. And he played with Jack Nicklaus on quite a few Ryder Cups, uh, and um, you know, I, I'm not sure they got on famously well. And it was GB in Ireland, uh, of course. Then, so Tom lost a bit of interest as well, actually, uh, in those sort of terms. But anyway. Uh, and I, he, he couldn't remember where it was, but um, he was playing with uh, with Jack, and uh, he said Jack never asked any opinion on anything. But they were one up on the seventeenth. He said it was a lot closer than what it should have been, and uh, Jack had a thirty-five foot putt. And he said, "Tom, what do you think?" And, and Weisskopf couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, played with him a lot. Da 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 da. Never even asked about clubs or anything so um he said i think it's uh two balls to the right jack and uh jack says i think so too and he said he hit this putt and it shaved the hole and tom said uh, unlucky jack and jack said what do you mean he says well that was unlucky he says no that wasn't unlucky he said that's exactly where i intended to hit the ball that was the perfect putt so in other words, how he read it, and Tom read it, was where he hit the ball. And Tom Weisskopf said that was the first moment 
in his golfing career, he realized that another golfer, i.e. Jack Nicklaus, had a different mindset. And his mindset wasn't beating himself up for missing that putt. It was, well, that's where I intended to hit the putt. The fact that it didn't break is another matter, but I'm not going to beat myself up about it. It could be more than one factor. That's why it didn't, because the wind could have popped up to hold it. Slight mystery, little bit of grain. Yeah. I, I mean, Nicholas was the tiger of my generation, obviously. Yeah. Tiger would, tiger would get mad. Yeah. But only at himself. But not in a derogatory way, is the way it looked. It was, he'd shout behind a towel. What he was shouting, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah. He would, <clears throat> but he'd get on. But he'd get channel up. Yeah, he'd just get on with it. Whatever it was he did, well, that was finished. It may have been a mistake. It may have been a good shot. Whatever it was, but he's under pressure. and He had the biggest heart. You know, yeah. he literally won a US Open on one leg. Mm-hmm. Most people would have pulled out. But he, did, he managed to do something that was, you would say, was impossible. And, and did he just intimidate? I was huge presence. Yeah. He was a huge I mean, going back to what you asked earlier, I mean, he would come to the... He would come to the Emirates, start of the year in Dubai. He'd turn up, the range would stop. The players would all sit behind him so the crowd could watch. And he'd just go through this warm-up or warm-down and you'd be like, okay, well, at least they pay for second. <laughs> it, was, it was just fantastic. And he was so long and so good back then. We're talking early 2000s. Yeah. Miles ahead of everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the difference between him and Mickelson was two, he was one. Yeah. And I think there was something like the difference in world ranking points from there to there was Mickelson to a thousand. It was miles ahead. Yeah. I mean, if you go through it, so many wins. Well, I mean, you know, we talk about history and sport and history is going to look at Tiger Woods as being one of the most influential sports people yeah. ever. You know, Nicholas has won more majors. He's 18, 15 at the minute. He, he, he's won more majors. Yeah. Is he better or bigger? I can't ask that. Well, All I know is in my era, yeah. the one who's come close to me is Rory. Right. I would say. Yeah. Um, the potential to stand where he hasn't won a major for a few years. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. No. <laughs> it's not no. easy. Could he go on a tear up for the next five years? Of course he could. Well, of course, Hoylake's where he... Is that where he won his yeah. last major? Uh, he certainly won the... He certainly won. Yeah, I think it is 14-ish. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so... Yeah. John Ram at the minute is the form horse. If he keeps playing like that, he'll take some beating. Yeah. No question. Yeah. If Rory goes on a tear like that, could he win three out of the next seven majors? Of course he could. Yeah, he definitely has. He's that good, you know. Yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, it's amazing. Everybody talks about Rory. Again, um, you know, Jeffrey will come on. (laughs) It's only because I've gone off the phone with him, but he was, you know, indicating, he said, well, you know, my head had to be clear when I played cricket. Um, and opened the batting had to be clear and he said you know I, I lost the captaincy my mother died and I lost the captaincy of Yorkshire my head wasn't clear I should have taken three months off uh, and he said in his opinion with Rory sitting in seven hour you know PGA meetings and sort of you know the involvement there he said it just can't be helping I mean we can't double guess that but you know Jeffrey's been right at the top of the tree and yeah, that's I mean, his view ultimately He's a professional golfer, first and foremost. Right. So, um, 
obviously he's in the middle of the changes. He believes in what they've done, and I think everyone's benefited, like we said earlier. Yes, and good for him. Um, he, he, you know, I don't know how much time he's put into it, but I would, you know, if it was Henrik doing it, Henrik, there would be a negative. Yeah, by doing so much of the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, how Rory played last year when he was in the thick of it was phenomenal because he, he went on yeah. a bit of a run again. Yeah. You know, it's... They're golfers. Yeah, keep the, yeah, keep the head clear. I think it's the other thing. Now, in, in terms of, um, you know, uh, Henrik won P- six PGA Tour wins, 11 European Tour events. Outside of the ones that we've mentioned, um, was there any that stood out for you Lordy, was there anything, you know, in, in, in those other wins that you thought, Christ, that was a, a turning point, or I didn't expect he, that? Or... He won a month before he won the Open in Cologne. Okay. It's a BMW. And I want to say it was Friday. He wasn't very good. It could have been Thursday. He just wasn't very good. And we saw the limping around, and he had a half-decent finish to get to about 10th. And his interest was sparked. And on the weekend, it was brilliant, and he won. And he would say as well, if I didn't win him there, I wouldn't have won the Open. Okay. To me, if you look at the way it works with the guys who win the majors, they've generally won one within a, say, a three-month span. Yeah. They don't just come from nowhere and win a major. Yeah. The enormity of winning the prize is too much. Yeah, yeah. If you're not in form, it's not easy. No. To go from... Like that we said, you know, what filled it up, um, Augusta. Yeah. It's magnificent. But he's done it so many times there. He, no, I mean, the shot, he shot, shot into 17 on the Sunday. It's a back right flag. Incredible. It's got four behind it. And if you do that, you're on, the, you go long, you're on the 18th tee and you all take at least six. He nearly pitched in the hole. Yeah. That was an incredible shot. And, I've been in the fairway, and you're like, well, if we do this, I should be that. But you might not dare, so we'll be 20 feet short. He didn't. Bang, straight at it. Bang on the last. Brilliant. And good on him. The crowds love him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, 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 he gives they a lot do. back to a crowd as well, you know. He yeah. acknowledges people. Yes. Yes. And that's important. I mean, you know, we live that there's more interaction with the players. I would say I'm a living there of a husband in the golf I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Because you're trying to create something where we're all involved, you know, and it, it's a different thing. Yeah. For the caddies as well, you know, you get more involved with the, the fans. The players are certainly more involved. And we're all trying to, you know, I don't want to say it's not grow the game, it's make golf fun. Yeah. That's probably a better way to look yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, we're here today. We've got from a scratch handicap for, let's call it 36. <laughs> Is that the man that you handed over the money to? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I don't. No, no, no. Well, to be fair, I could have him as well. That's golf. Yeah. Now, truthfully, yeah. we're very lucky to be a lot lower, of course, yeah. but the spread of the handicaps and the ages, we can all play. And the more people that are enjoying it and... Listen, I agree with Lee, who sent a message before uh, this podcast to say, make sure you 
you move the tea boxes up uh, closer to the green for yeah. Lordy. <laughs> I think I don't quite hit it as far as I used to. <laughs> I think that's maybe what he's getting at. But the last uh, time I played with Lee, they renamed me from Lordy to Lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, and I guess that, uh, you know, you can feel a sense of frustration. Uh, which I alluded to earlier, and even more so now with the ranking, world ranking points, which is, you, you kind of, we're talking about world ranking points with Tiger and Phil, and now there there feels a bit of protectionism coming in, maybe, uh, and, you know, uh, Phil has come out, you know, uh, publicly and, um, you, you know, had a, had a conversation uh, with, with a PGA representative or ex-pro or whatever. Mm. And, uh, you know, this does seem to be a, a bit of an issue uh, and it's going to be pretty detrimental if it's not sorted out. Is that something you just let flow or do you think, no, hold on a minute here? For the likes of Cameron Smith, who won the Open last year, as far as we understand, he'll be fine for the majors for the next five years. Yes. Phil's got another three, DJ, similar, Brooks, similar, DeChambeau, similar. Mm-hmm. It's not a pressing issue. Phil would be the same. Yeah. But he's won three at them, so. Yeah, he deserves it. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, the way I see it, if we, the world ranking points don't come, which I don't know if they will or they won't. I, I generally have no insight. You can't have these players excluded in a few years. I think it would be, well, it's detrimental for the tournaments. And I think the majors will... If you won a live event, if you're in the top 10 on the money list, maybe you'll get in that way. Uh, in which case, that's fine. And the world rankings will be the world rankings for everything but the live players. Ideally, I'd love it if it all worked out. And, you know, there is a completely new system now. Yes. Yes. Which I don't quite understand, but no, there's I a know. New it's system. complicated. It's a new system. Um, there has to be a way of factoring in points. But whether they want to is another thing. Well, that's the thing. And got to remember to put the golf fans in the equation because everybody wants to see a Rory, DeChambeau, Reed, you know. I think the Masters, like you said, the Masters yeah. highlighted it. Dead. Best it, players in the world. It made it different. The Emirates at the start of the year, the Buy Desert Classic, it was Rory v. Reed. Yeah. Pick your sides. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And it, good for the game. It added a bit of drama yeah. to stuff. Yeah. Um, that can't be a bad thing. That's a good thing. And we, I'm a golf fan, like a lot of people, yourself, and we want to see that. And, and it's great there's a bit of spark and a bit of controversy as well. Love or loathe either one, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. Also. Yeah, yeah. Or more interesting, let's say. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's always a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, you have it in other sports. You, you, you know, in Formula One, you've got those rivalries. Oh, every Pick whatever sport you want, you know, um, Bob Willis, the the, the 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 professional cricket fast bowler, had a black book, apparently, and he wrote names of people that pissed him off, you know. <laughs> so he'd fire at 90, 90, you know, <laughs> mile an hour bouncer over your head. It was something that annoyed you. And that was all, that's all part of this sort of, uh, the gig, isn't it? So golf, funny, it's just funny how golf maybe feels a little bit, um, as if it's been treated slightly differently, and uh, and and you again. I get that again. impression. Yeah, I get that impression. It's ultimately it's just another game of golf. Yeah, that's it. yeah. I mean, that's that's all it is to me. 
So in terms of caddies and Lordy, you've been absolutely fantastic. This has been a thrilling, no, brilliant podcast. You, no. Podcast. I've, I've got one one final mm. thing uh, to ask about, uh, you know, luck uh, and, and timing. But uh, we were talking about this uh, before the podcast. Uh, but the first little event, Charles Swartzel won, and uh, I just heard on the on the grapevine that um, a, a caddy called Ricky Roberts, who you call number one, mm-hmm. uh, was was asked to be Charles's car. Charles asked him to be his caddy for that particular occasion. And Ricky had hurt his knee or damaged his knee, and, and he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't make it. He hadn't been in the best of health as well. It was right. Uh, okay, so combination. Combination of a few things. Right. Well, I mean, he he was, uh, you know, he, he was chuffed to bits when Charles won uh, the event. Plus, the team won the event, and uh, in essence, uh, Ricky missed out on a four hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar check. He must have been delighted. <laughs> I'm not sure he's over it yet. I don't think he is. <laughs> uh, no, but in fairness, he then did get a job on the same team. Henny Duplessis, I want to say it was at okay. the time. Okay. And they had a couple of nice weeks. It softened the blow. It did. Know. But yeah, that would be... Caddying's all about timing. Yeah. The most important thing in caddying, have a really good player. Yeah, <laughs> there's only so much difference if any we can ever make. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> well, I mean, Lordy, you have been terrific, and uh, you know your your uh, caddies get associated with players, uh, which is a great thing. And you with Henrik, you know, is a stuff of legends, really, and what's been achieved. But you know, on top of that, he's just a bloody nice guy, and uh, you know, I haven't heard a bad word said about from anybody, which is great. And you've got, you know, uh, that, that sort of bit of an extra edge, which is also, I think, a good thing in life. But Lordy, thank you uh, on behalf of you from the lock. You've been an absolute delight. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you very much. Cheers, Thank you.